Welcome to Undocumented, Empowering Hidden Voices, a podcast brought to you by iMix, where we share the voices not always heard in mainstream media. This is a podcast where people with experience of the immigration system get the opportunity to share their feelings and stories. From those forced into making dangerous journeys to people caught up in the hostile environment to the activists and change makers shaking up the system. We'll also hear from journalists, campaigners and local communities to learn what they are doing to create a better narrative about people who make the UK their home through choice or chance. Journey with us on Undocumented to delve into some life-changing stories, meet some amazing people, and become part of a conversation of hope. Undocumented takes the time to listen and reflect. So, Ali, we are in June and we are celebrating Refugee Week. Mm-hmm. Want to tell our audience what Refugee Week is? Definitely. So for those who doesn't know, Refugee Week is a UK-wide arts and culture festival celebrating the contribution, creativity, and resilience of refugees and people seeking sanctuary. Spot on. Refugee Week coordinated by Counterpoints Arts and involving hundreds of organizations across the country is a high-profile platform for people who have sought safety in the UK to share their experiences, perspectives, and creative work on their own terms. So every year we recruit a few ambassadors. We will, we will work with them, we train them, and then they use this platform to share their experiences. And this year we have recruited nine amazing ambassadors. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, did, actually, did you know that Refugee Week is getting celebrated in different countries? Oh, really? I had no idea. Yeah, so Refugee Week are getting hosted in many, many different countries, including, uh, you know, Greece, Italy, France, Malta, and, you know, all the way to, um, let's say, Hong Kong. So people from all around the world are coming together and they're celebrating it. And, you know, the UK, I think, if I'm right, I think uh, the UK was uh, the first country that uh, said, all right, the the Refugee Week should be for one week. Because we have a refugee day, which is the 20th of June. But I think the Counterpoint Art have said, no, let's have a refugee week, which I think is amazing. Uh, so a big shout to Counterpoint uh, for being so great. Absolutely. Totally agree, Ali. As I said, this year we have worked with so many amazing people. And one of them is Zahra. Zahra is a journalist from Afghanistan who has been working with us for the last few months. And now she is sharing her story with us. If you love to hear a story of an amazing person, amazing human being, and a very talented person who is very successful in her career, then listen to Zahra. This is going to be a good opportunity for you. Absolutely. So let's hear together. Let's go. I am Zahra Shaheed. I'm from Afghanistan. And it is 20 months I'm in the UK because when Kabul fell to the Taliban, I evacuated to the UK. Um, I was a journalist uh, nearly 10 years in Afghanistan, as well a single mom of two children. I have two children. My daughter is 12 years old and my son is 11 years old and they're going to school. 
when I was in Afghanistan, I was a TV and radio news presenter. And um, alongside uh, presenting the news, I had various programs. One of my program, which called Peace and Security, it was like a bridge between people and security forces. And the other women in society, you know the name. It is, it's a program all to serve for women and show the woman uh, uh, empowerment and to, to uh, encourage them for their education, to encourage them for working in the society, their integration and equal rights for women at all. I love that. This is awesome. Yeah, I just, I'm just very proud of who you are because you're, you did amazing and you're still doing amazing. You know, as you know, I'm from your neighbor country, so I'm Iranian. And like, I know, I know, well, not very much, but I know um, a bit about Afghanistan. But I was wondering if you can tell us an interesting fact that most people don't realize about Afghanistan. Yes, I think you should know because I'm very friendly and you should get that Afghan people are friendly, first of all. They are very hospitable. If they have someone, their friends or someone in their home, they're going to do lots of hospitality and they want to, to bring the, the very good things they have in their house for their to serve for their uh, guests. Are you a good cook, Zahra? Very good cook. Ellie, <laughs> right, let's go. Let's go to yeah. your house. <laughs> we are in for a treat. <laughs> you mentioned that you, you were a TV presenter back home. How did you get interested in journalism and being a TV presenter? How did it start? When I was in year seven or year six in secondary school, because I couldn't um, continue my education when I was uh, seven years old, when Taliban uh, took over the power that uh, time, like 20 years ago, and I couldn't go to school. So I went for a private course for five years from year one to year five. And I went to year six in school when it was the Islamic Republic of Afghanistan. And that time I was in year six and year seven, secondary school. So it was my first time I had a proper book from school. Because before that, my, my mom's friend just teach us how to write, how to read. And she teaches us the mathematics, geography, everything. But not with proper books from Ministry of Education. You know, each book have the introduction about the book because that that content is different from the content of the book, which is for students in school. I always took that introduction and I read it loudly and I act like a presenter and I thought that it is news. When I uh, was watching TV and in subtitle, there was written the news and I was in front of the TV and just reading very fast subtitle of the news. To, to act like a presenter. Uh, how it was inspirational for me, there was a TV uh, news presenter in Afghanistan. She was amazing. She was presenting the news very nice and she was uh, a stylish woman, beautiful woman. And I wanted to be like her one day. So she was like a role model for me. When I grew up, like in the, the, the age after graduation from school, I thought uh, Afghanistan needs women to be presenter and work like a bridge uh, between the government and the other women who are uneducated in Afghanistan. So I wanted to help my people, especially women who are uneducated in Afghanistan, who are 
and the risk in Afghanistan. And I wanted, in total, I wanted to fight against misogyny in Afghanistan because being a news presenter, especially on TV, it is not a journalist for for Afghan people. It is something different. They say she's not a good woman because she's uh, going to come on the screen and everyone is going to watch her. So they have like a different culture. They, they don't think positive about that woman. And I wanted to break that barriers between my people and between that culture that being a presenter is not a bad job. It is a good job. And I had some program, as I mentioned, about uh, women in society. On that program, I tried a lot to work as a role model for women, and I encouraged them a lot about their equal rights. That program was a positive program because I heard back the feedback of my program, how I encouraged women, even in very far uh, villages in Afghanistan, when their dads didn't want them to go to school. But when I encourage them and those girls, they strongly stand against their uh, problems and this ask their fathers and brothers that it is our rights. We want to go to the school and I want to be educated and I want to be a woman like maybe Zahra or another Zahra in Afghanistan to go and work for my family. And also I can, I can support you financially. They told their father and their father said, yes, she's right. So I, I wanted to oh, serve for my people. In my opinion, a journalist is a soldier also. A soldier has a, a gun to fight for security for his country or her country. But a journalist with her pen and her tank, she's fighting in the society to, to, to bring peace, to bring equality. So I did that, I think. I bet you have been a role model to a lot of you know young women and girls in Afghanistan. And I'm sure one day they will be, maybe not as amazing as you, but I'm sure they will be also very amazing. And yeah, I think being a journalist is a very powerful thing. Uh, it's a very powerful job. As you said, you're like a soldier and the information, your pen, your tongue is your, is your weapon. And you mentioned that you've been here in the UK for the last 20 months. How are you finding it? It is good. I didn't have security in my country as a journalist. Here also, I, I can say that myself, I'm going to continue working as a journalist or these things, but I have the freedom. Even there is not anyone to come and judge me by my clothing, my, my outfit. There is no one to come and judge me as a single mom, how I uh, want to study, how I want to work, how I want to look after my children. But as a culture back in Afghanistan, it was all difficult for me. To, to manage everything and to ask people to do not speak, uh, talk behind a woman who is alone and who want to arrange everything uh, herself. Uh, this is the good point in the UK. Everyone can have their freedom and they can have their own idea and the way they want to live. You know, uh, we all know displacement and starting a new life from um, scratch can be very difficult. Like, you know, you're alone in a different country. Like you have to find, you know, a friend, a community. And people are, people who are here are speaking in a different language and they have a different culture to us. So I was wondering, how was it for you? And how did you manage to overcome barriers and challenges? It was difficult, very difficult. Because one thing was, everything happened uh, very fast in Afghanistan. It was evacuation and it was not like an arranged uh, travel somewhere and as a refugee you know it is it is 
affecting our mental health. Uh, there was a problem. I lost everything and I left my life, my, my, my beloved mom behind in Afghanistan and I left my career in Afghanistan behind. Uh, this was one problem. And the other problem when I come here, I didn't know the language. I, I couldn't speak English, like very basic English, that the language barrier is the biggest barrier uh, when a refugee is coming. Also, the cultural shock. I, I experienced cultural shock as I think I'm a um, person who know about westernized culture, but still, I didn't know anything. I didn't have any identity when I come uh, first in the UK. I had one month's visa, and after one month, I didn't know what will happen. And the process is very slow in the UK. When they processed our cases, as you see, the asylum and other other um, refugee cases, it's difficult. They process very slow, and it makes double the anxiety and the stress when you don't know what will happen tomorrow with me. I think it it is difficult. To, to manage everything. I didn't know, to be honest, for six months, I didn't know what will happen with me. Would I stay in the UK or they they will deport me back in Afghanistan? If they, they will deport me, what will happen? Otherwise, as it was evacuation, I was sure that they, they wanted to save me, but still, because I didn't have identity, uh, I didn't have a house. I stayed in the hotel for six months. And my children couldn't go to school and I was jobless. I didn't have anything. And we didn't even, we didn't uh, allow to cook in the hotel. It was difficult for me to integrate for six months in, in the society. But uh, I tried my best because I said, I can't sleep. I, I can't um, stay like every, every day in a room, stuck myself in the hotel. So I, I, I that time I thought I should go for integration in the society and I should make my community and I made some friends and I start some short courses like in journalism and integration and orientation courses for newcomers to to learn about culture in the UK and like other courses uh, so I, I tried my best and still maybe as a refugee we have some problems and I can't say that I resettled properly I have something to to solve the problems and find the ways and learn more. Definitely, Zahra. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate that. It was really difficult. <clears throat> Zahra, why did you become the refugee the refugee week ambassador, and how did you hear about it? And how do you feel about being ambassador for Refugee Week? Being a, um, an ambassador for Refugee Week is like a big dream for me to help for refugees at least if i can't do anything as a new refugee i'm in the uk when i experience my uh, when i share my experiences it is a big uh, story for the world to hear how i become a refugee how uh, i face the problems as a refugee and how i am struggling with problems these things all uh, it works like a bridge in my uh, opinion between the government and other people and refugees. If there is some kind of anti-refugee or any problems, people will see the reality. Refugees also are human, so we should treat them as a human, not as a refugee. Uh, this year, I think the idea was that them was about compassion and 
And I learned a lot, believe me. I, I thought I know everything. But when I come, an ambassador for Refugee Week, I saw there is a lot of things to do for refugees. I want to thank IMEX and organizations who are working for refugees, because if they, they are not here, there is no one to hear the refugees' voices. I see when I, I wanted to raise my voice as a refugee and behalf of other refugees, as a woman and behalf of other women, all was with these amazing organizations like IMEX that they helped me. They took my hand and they showed me the path. You can walk, you can raise your voice, you can speak, it is your right. And, and I, they encouraged me and I find the self-confidence. Yes, I, I, I never give up. I can do this. Because I, uh, IMAX is with me. I want to thank you. Oh, that's so great to hear. Thank you so much that our work is actually being acknowledged and appreciated. Thank you, Zahra. You mentioned that the theme for the Refugee Week this year is compassion. How do you feel about this? I didn't know about Refugee Week. So when I become an ambassador and I had done some research, this year it is compassion I really like. The compassion. So compassion is, for me, it is like a sweet fruit of our life. I think if I don't feel compassion in my heart that day, I think myself a dead person. And it is the same with everyone. When they, when they don't show compassion that day, they should think that they're not a live person anymore. Compassion is connection. Compassion is love. Compassion is for me as a mother to look after her children. She's so beautiful. I love the last one. A mother who looks after, after her children. This is so beautiful. Yeah, mothers, I believe they have the most compassion in the world. Um, so big shouts uh, out to all the mothers who are so amazing. And I mean, that's going to take me to the last question, which is what is next for Azara? What, what are your goals? Because I have two angles in my life, one personal, one professional. My personal life is uh, for myself and my children, and professional is not for myself, not for my children. It is for my, my people, for the world. What I can bring for myself and for my, my community and my society. I want to do my master's, as I said. I want to work for women and children and men who are in need, they need us as a human. Women in Afghanistan, women in Iran, women in Ukraine, families in Ukraine who are at war and they are facing problems, they become refugee, they left their lives behind. I want to I want to work for humanity. It is like a professional job for me. And I said about, I want uh, to see my children with a bright future and my daughter can go to school. I want to become a minister for women in Afghanistan, to go and serve for women in Afghanistan and a country like Iran, because we see how these two countries, uh, Afghanistan uh, women and Iran, they're suffering from problems. So when I become a Minister for Women, I want to give the rights first for women and for children. 
and I want to bring equality for women. And whatever I experienced as a woman in Afghanistan, I want to stop all those bad experiences that we had experienced for our next generation. They shouldn't experience the same as their mothers did. This is this is my plan for future. Amen to that, Zahra. That was so amazing. We are right behind you. <laughs> Go, <So> girl. <laughs> We already have my votes, my votes and all my friends. So you already have a lot of votes. Yeah. Thank you so much again, Zahra. It was amazing talking to you. I really enjoyed that. I don't want to finish this interview. I really enjoyed every second of it. Thank, thank you so, you so much, much for sharing. Giving me the opportunity to speak once more and raise my voice on behalf of those women and girls in Afghanistan and Iran who are at risk and who are struggling with problems. And just at the end, I want to say something. If anyone is hearing us, they are a part of this world. The world shouldn't leave alone women back in Afghanistan. And the problems are continuing in Iran because there is lots of Afghan refugees in Iran. They don't have the right. There are lots of Afghan refugees in Pakistan. They don't have the right to go for their education as a refugee. And because there was some international organizations, they had a boycott with Iran. If you have some problem with the government, it is the government. Don't forget the people. We should support them. And the world should remember a country which named Afghanistan. And there is some innocent women and girls who are stopped from their basic rights. Absolutely uh, supportive of what you have said, uh, Zahra. You know, about the situation in Afghanistan, it is very sad what's happening to the women and children who cannot go to school. And I send my full solidarity as an Iranian. And as, but as a human, I believe like, you know, I'm a human at the end and I should send my solidarity. So my heart and my thoughts are with all Afghan women and children uh, who cannot go to school. Yeah, lots of love. Uh, you guys are so strong. Thank you so much, Alijan. I think uh, if you could say as a man, because there is a lot of misogyny in Afghanistan, if we stop misogyny, there should be like nice men with to support those women. The problem is that the misogyny starts in Afghanistan because men want the power always and they want to control women. This is the problem. I hope we could have some based allies in Afghanistan that we can we can make our community good and those girls and women could go to school they need your support as a man as their brother as their father as their husband and and friends oh i really enjoyed listening to that zahra is amazing isn't she yeah she's great like she gives a lot of motivation and whenever i, I meet zahra or when i hear from her like I feel very motivated. She's great. She's absolutely amazing. And did you know that she she got a job with BBC? Yes, I have just heard and at the, at the interview. This is awesome. Like yeah. for someone who just came, how long ago she came to the UK? Twenty months, she said, or twelve, something like that. When she yeah, came to the UK? it's been twenty months. She did, she did very well, and like now she works for one of the best um, news platforms in the world. This is awesome. Absolutely amazing. And you know what? She has suggested to take over the podcast and interview another amazing ambassador. No way. Who is she going to who is she going to interview? Taslim. 
Taslim is another uh, Refugee Week ambassador who's uh, from LGBT plus background. And uh, Zahra has decided to interview them to, to, to learn more about them. Amazing. So without any further distraction, let's go and hear from them. Great. Let's do that. Hi, everyone. My name is Taslim. Um, my pronouns are they, them. And thank you so much for having me here. Thank you. First of all, I wanted to ask you about how you become a refugee. Well, um, considering I'm from Sierra Leone, where it's well, relatively peaceful, I mean, there are no wars at the moment, but not wars you can see anyway. Uh, I'm queer, like as a gay person, it's a dangerous place for me to be there. So there are so many things going on at the time and I couldn't go back to Sierra Leone. So yeah, that's how I became a refugee here because it wasn't safe for me to be in my country. And yeah, here I am. And how long have you been in the UK? I've been in the UK since 2017. Doesn't feel like it though. And what are you doing now? Studying, working or something else? I'm doing a full-time student, so I'm studying biomedical sciences and with the sole aim of going back to medical school because that's what I used to do. And interestingly enough, I'm enjoying it. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it, but actually I'm enjoying biomedical sciences. It's amazing. Wow. So you would be a doctor. Yes, that's the goal. Seems like it's taking a long time, but yeah, anything worth having is worth the wait as well. And an ambassador, a doctor. I know, it's all going <laughs> for me. <laughs> okay, now I want to say, uh, how you become a refugee ambassador, how you find that? Well, I heard about it through Ellie. Yeah, I remember Ellie came up to Leeds to talk to um, an organization I volunteer for. Mm-hmm. And knowing my cheerful disposition and everything, you're like, oh, you're going to be suited for this. So I looked them up. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's something I really want to do because there are so many things I want to talk about when it comes to immigration, and especially the fact that I've been through it. And I like to say it was relatively easy for me, but the people I've been around, it's not the case for them. And I saw I saw, I see the things people are going through and I was like, okay, being a refugee ambassador is the perfect tool or perfect position for me to talk about things that are affecting people in the immigration system, whether it's a refugee or somebody seeking asylum. When you become a refugee ambassador, what you thought you might do for other refugees or for this world, for the UK, what can you do? I thought in the beginning I would just go into this and just talk about, oh, refugees need um, some kind of support with housing, especially after going through the asylum process or in the asylum process. I, that's important as well. But then I looked at the bigger picture here. Why are people are made refugees? Why are people being displaced from their homes? Because to be frank, when they say refugee or asylum seeker, people, someone seeking asylum, they always imagine someone that looks like me, like mm. my skin tone and the place I'm from. So, but recently we noticed that anyone can be a refugee or someone seeking asylum, anyone could be displaced from their homes. So I want 
I was hoping I could use this platform to actually call to attention that whatever is going around the world, it's causing so many people to move places and we should focus on what causing people to move rather than the symptoms of immigration, which are this uh, immigration infestation as the UK um, rightly um, well, so beautifully put. I'm being sarcastic, by the way. People have been displaced for so many reasons and maybe if we focus on preventing those reasons, we will not have to have the job to resettle people and to put them in other places or to open your boundaries to so many people if we just help prevent what is moving. Thank you. You're an inspirational person for me. And I think we had some conversation about compassion for this year, about Refugee Week. What do you think yeah. about Passion. Well, over the since I heard the word compassion, I mean I've heard it before, but since I heard it again in this sense, I've asked like a lot of people, and I've had so many definitions of what compassion is. And as someone who is a foreigner here, well, this is my home now. But someone who just came here and struggling and not knowing where your next meal is going to come from, or struggling with your mental health and something i've experienced compassion in a whole different way i mean i've heard about it but i got to experience it from people that literally don't have any reason to help me and they just opened their doors to me and took off some of the load like make made the asylum process a lot easier by helping me carry some aspects of it and that was so beautiful especially where i am in leeds like we have so many organizations here like just ordinary people just helping ordinary people and that is such a, such a beautiful thing so i always define or coin the phrase that compassion is love in action so it's just people helping people not expecting anything in return you just help them because there's a need and you know you can fulfill that need that's it. And have you ever received compassion or have you given compassion to someone? Yes, yes. I've experienced it a lot. I think I am, I don't want to say I think, yes, uh, I have helped other people as well. And I tend not to think about me helping other people. I just assume that's what being here is for, I mean, we're all humans. And if, if I see someone in need, whenever I see someone in need, and if I can help, I can help. And I'll rather just do it and not think about it. It's just like you just helping somebody. That's it. I want to ask you one different question, which is totally different about being a refugee ambassador and about compassion. Now imagine you're British and if any conflict or war affects UK, where would you flee? And also imagine you don't have a passport. How would you solve this problem? Um, well, I like to think of it like, okay, yes, I was born in Sierra Leone, but Sierra Leone is not safe for me. And the UK people, they've been so kind to let me be part of their community to make this my home so everything i'm doing even being trying to become a doctor everything it's not going to benefit the people of Sierra Leone. so literally this is my home now so everything is going to yes. be about helping the british community because 
if 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 British is unsafe, I am unsafe as well because literally this is where I am now. So um, but traveling out of Britain in the let's say chance or not thinking that that's gonna happen hopefully it's never gonna happen and you have to leave then i'll have to become another refugee asylum seeker or a person seeking asylum for another in another country as well because i can't go back home mm. it's not safe for me and would you show compassion to others yes that's always something and it's i would like to say i'm a compassionate person or oh, I just do it willingly but it's something I do it's a conscious effort that's what I tell my friends every time like you saying oh I'm not this person I'm not this person I'm not a nice person no we all can be nice we just have to be conscious about it whenever you step out of your house be conscious of the people around you the things around you and how you could make this world a better place in a little it doesn't have to be in a grand gesture but if you can change, make a difference in somebody's life, you've done so much because that person is going to remember you. And anything that is going to happen after your interaction with that person is going to be based on the interaction they had with you. And you're going to like, make a change in somebody's life and in generations to come. So that's just beautiful. But consciously, just make a conscious effort whenever you go outside. Whatever you can do to change, to make somebody's life a lot, a bit easier. You don't, you don't have to do everything. You don't have to go out of your way. Just even if it's just to say hello to somebody. I'm not saying go and give somebody thousands of pounds. I mean, where are we going to find thousands of pounds? We're all broke at the moment in UK. Thank you, Taslim. And what is your message for the UK government as a refugee ambassador? Well, it's simple. We are all people. So whatever legislation they're going to make, it should be people-centered. So people are the ones who suffer if we tend to do something that is going to um, injure them or going to make them weary in some way. So so whoever is making the laws for refugee and asylum seekers, they shouldn't focus on the fact that we're having people coming over here, they should focus on the reason why we're having people coming over here. And the law should be people-centered, not around people, not under people. It's, it should be like the people should be the core, like mm -hmm. the nucleus of whatever law they're making. We should always see the people in it. Thank you, Taslim, for coming with us for the interview. Thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. We should do this quite often. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Taslim. Uh, I really love what you said about compassion and how we should be creating people-centered policies. So much to think about, right? Especially if you're thinking about providing some services for people with lived experience, try to include them as much as you can in planning, designing, delivering, and evaluating your service. Because you know what? They are the expert in this process. So Eli, today's podcast is very interesting because we have uh, Laura, Defense, who is a Refugee Week uh, coordinator, and you have Zara, who is a Refugee Week ambassador this year. And it is so cool that they are going to have a chat to each other. Uh, 
And just to give you a little, um, like little um, details about Laura. So Laura Defense is a refugee with UK coordinator. She has a background in facilitating large-scale community powered festivals, uh, producing and programming as well. Fantastic. And an interesting fact about Laura that she's also interested in storytelling. And she's a big believer in using arts as a tool to share our experiences. So let's hear from them. Let's go. So my name is Lara. I'm the Refugee Week UK coordinator. I am based in Counterpoints Arts. So Counterpoints Arts is an arts organization that's been coordinating Refugee Week for the last 11 years. Mm-hmm. And they've played a really instrumental part in really turning Refugee Week into the really celebratory, joyful festival of arts and culture that it is. And yes, I guess my job as Refugee Week coordinator is really helping to oversee the Umbrella Festival. It's a really distributed, community-powered festival. So I guess I see my job as trying to get as many people to participate and really provide inspiration and guidance for people to take part. And why I think Refugee Week is important, I think it's really important because it is this kind of very grassroots community festival. So it means that its kind of network is so enormous and it's much bigger than any one organization. It's really this incredible movement of welcome and compassion and kindness. And I think it's really important because it uses arts and culture as a way to invite people into conversation that they might not have any connection with or feel like oh you know that's not for me but actually I feel like arts and culture can be such an amazing bridge to connect people and bring people together as well as being a platform for people with lived experience to share their stories and tell their narrative in a way that feels like authentic and that they have feel like they have ownership as well and also because it's just fun as well And I think, you know, year round, there's so many like challenging conversations and Refugee Week happens every year on a backdrop of such challenging rhetoric and negative media, awful policies. So to just have a moment where we can come together and just be human and joyful, I think is really important. Yeah, thank you. And uh, Lara, can you say kindly, what's compassion for you and why this year in 2023? they choose the compassion. Mm. So maybe I'll start with what compassion means to me. I've been really lucky because as part of this job, I've had so many amazing conversations about compassion. I'm going to quote actually one of one of the Refugee Week ambassadors, Joel. I love, love, love what he said. He said, compassion is love and rage in perfect harmony that compels you to take action. And I love it so much. I feel like it's so powerful and so deep, but very like accessible and just I would think would resonate with everyone. And I think it's that commitment to take action that really inspired this year's theme. So when we were first talking about it, we had so many conversations about the difference between empathy and compassion and research that's been done on the brain about the difference between how compassion and empathy works in your brain and empathy you feel a lot but you kind of stop short at taking action or doing something whereas compassion um you feel something and then it propels you to do something so that's what really started these conversations around compassion and why it would be such a good theme and also just in terms of when the theme was first being decided 
the kind of language that was being used by central government policies that were being discussed, like the Rwanda plan and now the most recent illegal immigration bill, all of these things feel like they have such an enormous lack of compassion. So we just felt like, yeah, it would be a really powerful theme. And I guess the other thing as well is the theme serves a purpose to connect as many people to Refugee Week. And we felt like it would resonate a lot across schools and families and faith groups and sports clubs. I think everyone has a connection with compassion. So, yeah, that was that was why. Oh, yeah, that's great. I like what you said. Compassion is connection. Mm. I get why it's important to show compassion. I think it's important to show compassion. Because I think compassion can have a legacy. Like I think in that moment, something might feel quite small, but I think the ripples of compassion are really huge. So I think the fact that it can like live on beyond just one moment is why it's so important. And I think the ripples can like change the world. It's like that butterfly effect thing. So yeah, I think that's why it's important. Thank you. Massive thanks to Laura and the Refugee Week team for all your hard work during the Refugee Week. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you are thinking to do something nice in June, why don't you get involved with Refugee Week? Uh, look at our website, I mean, Refugee Week's website. Follow the Refugee Week hashtag, hashtag compassion into action. Look out for more from our ambassadors. We have 10 amazing Refugee Week ambassadors this year, and they're doing amazing things during the Refugee Week. And also look at our on social media. There are plenty of things for you to do. Thanks, everyone, for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our work, please visit our website at imix.org.uk. Also, check us out on social media. Please share this podcast with people that you know and with people who doesn't know much about the immigration system so they can learn more about it. Please like, rate, review, subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice and leave us some comments because you know what? We love to hear your thoughts. Thank you so much again for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.